Yo, it's me, it's me, it's DDP. This is a very, very packed episode. Uh, we're gonna talk about Money in the Bank 2021. So, I promised, but first, we're gonna talk about the last game of the NBA 2020-2021 season. Game 6 of the NBA Finals where the Milwaukee Bucks finished the, finished the job. 105 to 98. Giannis, a staggering 50 points for the 50 years that Milwaukee didn't get a ring. So, <laughs> yeah, 50 points for Giannis. Middleton had 17. Portis had 16 with a really good 16 points for him. Uh, Drew Holiday had 12 points and 11 assists for the Phoenix side. Chris Paul had 26 points. Booker had a bad shooting night. He had only had 19. Jay Crowder had 15 and 13 rebounds. This is a this was an amazing performance for Giannis. Like, uh, regardless of what happened, because uh, this is a very bad shooting game uh, for both sides. Uh, only 44% for Phoenix, and then 45% for the Bucks, plus like uh, three-point shooting was horrendous for both sides. Twenty-four percent and twenty-two percent, respectively. Regardless, like everything Giannis did in this game was impactful. Uh, all five blocks, even the turnovers were very, very crucial. But like, we don't really talk about his six turnovers. It just happens. But yeah, uh, 14 rebounds, 5 blocks, uh, 17 of 19 free throw in the free throw line. And that is really, really big because, yeah, if he usually, he usually does half of his free throws. And if he only does half, he lose, they lose the game, basically. Only hit one tree, only tried three, thank goodness. But still, yeah. Yeah, he was just a monster in this game. Uh, he really proved that he is in the conversation for uh, best power forward of all time, which is like probably if he when he retires, uh, he's probably gonna be up there along with Dirk, uh, KG, and Tim Duncan. Some people are already comparing him against those three. Uh, I don't think he's up there yet because of the amount of accomplishments that. Uh, all three had and how dominant they were in their in their era but like um after uh Giannis career is done like he's gonna be up there he's definitely gonna be up there uh mm, but yeah the Bucks didn't have like really good game uh aside from Giannis like their second most efficient shooter was Bobby Portis and 
he had six of ten, but like other than that, like everyone was struggling. Drew Holiday, uh, pretty much the usual field goal percentage for him, which is uh, four of nineteen. Uh, it's a bad shooting series. Uh, aside from Game Five, of course, where he went absolutely massive. Uh, Chris Middleton only six of thirteen, half of his shots, but that's fine. But yeah, it was. This game is all Giannis. Um, even on the Phoenix side, like yeah, uh, only uh, Chris Paul had a good shooting night, and and of course Frank Kaminsky and Cameron Payne. But yeah, Frank Kaminsky only played eleven minutes. Cameron Payne only played ten minutes. Uh, the rest didn't have a really good shooting night. Uh, yeah, Jay, just listing it out here of uh, Jay Crowder four of eleven. Mike Mikal Bridges. 3 of 7, uh, DeAndre Ayton, 4 of 12, and most importantly, Devin Booker, uh, 8 of 22. Really bad shooting performances for pretty much everyone on the Phoenix side, and it sucks. It really, you really have to credit uh, the defense that Milwaukee had for this game, uh, because even though they were shooting pretty poorly, uh, they made sure that uh, Phoenix shoots pretty poorly as well. So uh, props to uh, Mike Budenholzer, uh, Coach Budenholzer, where uh, in Game 5, uh, he, I only noticed it uh, when I listened to No Dunks. Uh, I, I wasn't No Dunks, or I, maybe it was Kenny Beecham, uh, but... Uh, when I listened to them, uh, Coach Bud uh, put something in Game 5 where he had like three big men. I believe it was uh, Lopez, Giannis, and um, uh, Portis. No, not Portis. Portis. Who's another big guy that they have? It might be Portis, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Giannis, uh, Lopez, and Portis. All three of them were on the floor at the same time. And it was effective. And... It is very effective again this game, this game where uh, uh, Phoenix couldn't score in the inside, uh, but uh, they had a better time scoring inside than outside, and it is really really pesky what they did on um, the the zone defense. Uh, the drop coverage is absolutely great as usual, um, but yeah, you can't really fault Phoenix. For losing this game, they just had like a very very poor shooting night. It is uh, they really should have had a better game, if, especially when uh, Milwaukee was shooting like this, and it was only Giannis that uh, was really getting going for Milwaukee. Uh, I should have expected better, but I did say in game in the game five review that the. It was pretty hard to be optimistic if you were a Suns fan because, yeah, they pretty much did everything that game five and still lost. And uh, the story of the game of of this game six was pretty uh, similar to what game five was. Uh, first quarter, uh, Mil- it was Milwaukee this time that had an early lead. Uh, Compared to uh, Phoenix in Game Five, and then Phoenix was the one who came back in the second quarter. Uh, the second quarter was brutal. 
I believe uh, they only scored seven points, I believe. Hold on. Uh, let me see. Let me check here. Basketball reference. Oh, okay. I was exaggerating. Uh, they didn't score seven points, but it felt like they scored seven points. Because I believe uh, there was a time where, uh, I believe, first quarter was 16 to 29. And then uh, there was a point in the game where it was 37-36 uh, in favor of Phoenix. So uh, a total of for Milwaukee in the second quarter was 13. They were really struggling. I believe uh, this is the point where there was a graphic where uh, field goal percentage, uh, they went 114. They made three uh, field goals at the end, but like they were really struggling. And then uh, Phoenix put up 31 in that quarter. Um, it was complete inverse of the first game, uh, the game five. It was complete inverse of game five, and the the result the result was still similar, in which um, uh, Phoenix had a chance to uh, win the game in the final two minutes or make it at least a tie, but um, the it was a complete opposite of game five where I felt like. Uh, Milwaukee forced turnovers. It was just uh, Milwaukee was just still hitting their shots in the last two minutes, and uh, even though I think Phoenix would hit some shots, like uh, Chris Paul would get a fast layup uh, somewhere or uh, on the lane, or um, Booker it miraculously hits a tree, even though he's been struggling like the whole game, like. I still think Milwaukee pulls it out here instead compared to like game five where uh, one rebound or one turnover could have went uh, to Phoenix way and they win the game. Uh, Milwaukee had, was really feeling it right in the last two minutes. They they basically t can taste it at that last two minutes and the whole, I, I don't know, I think it's the whole city, the whole city was there like I saw a picture on, I saw a video on Twitter, like on the NBA Finals things. Like, oh my lord! Like, there was so many people in the streets. Um, outside, not even outside the arena. Like, I believe uh, they were like around the arena. Uh, there was like so many. Pretty much the whole city of Milwaukee was there, and I don't know if it's only Milwaukee or the whole region, the whole state of Wisconsin was there. But Jesus, like, I wish, like, we could have, like, crowds like that. Like, immediate crowds like that. Probably, like, maybe uh, MBPL. But I don't know uh, if it gets to that massive popularity like they did in PBA. Uh, but even uh, the massive popularity of the PBA, like, you know, it doesn't get into, like, outside our Coliseum. Like, it's not that um, big of a craze here where, you know, you can feel, like, the whole street. And, you know, and that's just amazing. Like, it is amazing. Uh, Phoenix also had, like, around the street, but it's not... It's kind of small compared to Milwaukee. And, I mean, like, 
I wish like we can get that. Like I I still even though you know at least Phoenix like the footprint center. Oh, by the way, uh, like good arena name by the way. Like, uh, it's not as bad as you know like some uh arenas like uh I believe uh Rocket Mortgage. I believe that is the name of Cleveland's right now. Like Rocket Mortgage. Uh, footprint center is great like I uh, probably put it footprint arena but yeah there's like a lot of like good uh, arenas with brands like formerly even formerly like uh, I really love uh, Denver's Pepsi Center and uh, the Verizon Center for Washington are like some examples like of good uh, arena brandings yeah, um, we're gonna have to see that uh, next season instead of uh, this Friday again. But uh, even though like they lost, like it goes to show like how to build the team, like how to rebuild the team. Like these two teams, like they build themselves from the ground up. Like uh, out of like the twenty fourteen Bucks roster, which I really love to play in 2k because uh it you usually get to play in milwaukee in the my career mode so like people like uh sanders um andrew bogut Ilyasova, um carlos delfino and like, the only two people that uh were left in that 2014 roster was uh Giannis and middleton and they were bench warmers in that game uh which like nb2k14 great game but still like they were bench warmers at the time and uh to have them like train immensely like improve immensely since then like look at phoenix um pretty much their only uh veteran players like outside um the phoenix like bubble is uh chris paul um and uh, Jay Crowder, um, and uh, a bit of Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, I guess you can say, but he's a veteran. But like these people, like uh, this was the people from last season who massively improved. Because uh, like um, in twenty, at the end of twenty nineteen, they were last. I think they were last. Yeah, fifteen sixty seven, and then uh, by the end of the twenty twenty season, they were one game away from uh play-ins and the massive improvement uh even before chris paul was there was amazing like this is how you build teams this uh you don't build super teams because super teams are only reliable at playoffs um and if those if those people are not healthy like those superstars are not healthy as you can see like all everyone from uh, everyone that had the super team uh, pretty much didn't show up. Uh, either they were injured or just um, they were had bad shooting nights. Um, like, like look at the series, like game five and six. Like, uh, a lot of uh, three out of like two out of four, the four games that Phoenix lost, um, they had bad shooting nights. Uh, game three was a horrible example. I, 
an example of very um, a horrible shooting night from uh, Phoenix. Not just Devin Booker, like even though I, in those examples, like Game Three and Game Six, had horrible shooting nights, but like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, like as far as I can remember, like, yeah, uh, most of uh, Phoenix losses were bad shooting nights, and that is um, great credibility for the team where. Yeah, you can say like you did this playoff. Like, you had the best player-ups of your life. Where you know, bad shooting nights. It doesn't matter. Like you know, a couple shots made it in. Um, you would have won those games. But like, yeah, kudos to uh, these two teams. Like, they really showed um how to build a team. Like, this is not like the process. Like. Um, uh, Sam Hinkie, I believe it's Sam Hinkie, right? The name is Sam Hinkie. Sam Hinkie invented the process, but these two teams made uh, their own process to uh, winning a championship. And uh, even though um, the Steph Curry's, the ADs come back, uh, Jamal Murray or like Kyrie or like these people come back i can still see these these teams as title contenders you know if they run it back but yeah um it's going to be an interesting off season um, especially on those super teams because um i want to see the adjustments that they do on their role players not just like the superstar teams and like this um op- this free agency uh lineup is not like a big uh superstar like lineup it's a lot of like good role players i believe i mean i haven't seen like the full list yet um i should really uh look at the full list like in a couple of days because i'm gonna review the free agent free agency tracker once um it shows up i once it once we get close to it but like i believe like a lot of the free agency uh, vacancies right now are like uh, role players or like starters that not going to be necessarily all stars or superstars, but like uh, these people can help your team to win championships. But um, yeah, uh, again, kudos to these two teams on uh, giving us like a really good series because. I think the NBA needs a good series um, other than, you know, uh, sweeps are, like, uh, very bad in finals. It's, and just in final sense, like, you can sh- you can see, like, the disparity of conferences. Uh, if, you know, you see a sweep on the other side, uh, 2007, uh, 2018, uh, those two sweeps are, like, oh, this, uh, oh, this team is just miles ahead of, the other conference basically it's not a good look but yeah this thing like uh 4-2 where it could have easily gone to game seven is very very good for nba and yeah um it's just sacks for chris paul like he he had the chance to win the ring yeah even monty even 
Monty, uh, I saw the video like on talking about the press conference where you know he really wanted this ring, uh, he, not only for him but for the team, and they just didn't deliver. And it sucks, like, you know, it's uh, great to see, like, the other side, the two sides of like, the wi- uh, wins and losses, like, mattering for both teams. Like, uh, Giannis, like, in press conference, every time he talks about his teammates, like, he screams, like, yeah, like, yeah, rah! like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just, you know, so hype about, you know, his other teammates, not just him, like. Uh, even though he's the one who scored 50, uh, he he just memes it, like, you know, 50 chicken nuggets, uh, McDonald's, like, the next day. And then um, him not sleeping until, like, the morning because, you know, it just feels like a dream. Like, it feels like a dream. It's 50 years without the title, and then you, uh, you yourself uh, drops, like, 50 points for everyone in Milwaukee, like, you know, to finally get the ring, like, it, it feels like a dream, and I probably would do the same, like, I, prob- I would probably not sleep as well, because, like, this is, like, a once-in-a-lifetime moment, and I'm glad to see, like, you know, teams going the hard way, um, because the last time, basically, basically the last time, like, to be honest, I, a team stayed, and then, um, rebuilt themselves through a championship was the 2015 Warriors and yeah 2015 Warriors and yeah to see a team like you know from the ground up is great for the NBA and I can't wait for next season I can't wait for this offseason as well it's uh it's my first time like uh paying very close attention in this offseason and how it plays out and I hope we have some bangers. I hope I hope we have some really good trades like uh, the start of uh, the twenty twenty regular season. Like, yeah, give us that. Like, it was really good trades. Like, like blockbuster trades. Uh, I know, like uh, Lakers. Um, I believe I saw a Chris Move video saying that Lakers either want CP three or CP three or Westbrook. Like, yeah, give us those. Give us those trades. Like, I want to see and analyze those trades because. Yeah, it's great for the NBA. Like, uh, news for the NBA is good for the NBA. Uh, regardless if it's good or bad. Uh, hopefully it's not bad, but you know, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that closes the 2020, 2021 coverage of uh, the day day podcast of the playoffs. And uh, the next time I'm probably gonna talk about NBA basketball again is gonna be next week which um we're going to talk about like the nba draft updates like i'm not i won't like dive in on what uh what happens like pick by pick nba draft because i don't uh really pay attention to a lot of prospects and like uh, a lot of like hype of prospects because sometimes it doesn't really matter um so yeah, uh, I'm probably just gonna see who gets traded, who gets um, who gets to uh, start free agency immediately, and uh, yeah, because uh, 
after the NBA draft free agency starts like four days after. And that's going to be amazing. Now we're moving on to the Money in the Bank 2021 review. And like this card is amazing. Um, like I don't know where to begin. Like I really wanted to talk about it on the last episode, but um, we were focusing on uh, the wrestling matches of January to June. So like I really wanted to talk about this show because this show is amazing uh, it holds up there to uh, uh, fire fighter fest night one aw fighter fest night one where it felt like the crowd like really erupted like so much but regardless um we're starting with the pre-show uh, jimmy and jay uso versus Ray and Dominic Mysterio for the WWE Tag Team Championship. What the hell is that entrance from the Mysterios? I, I don't know. I I thought I was tripping. So like, so uh, Ray and Dominic are coming from an Aztec temple. I don't know. They might have bought the rights to Lucha Underground, seeing this entrance. It's, and they um, botched the entrance as well. Like uh, Ray and Dominic uh, entered the arena a little bit early because they were uh, cheering already when you know just still on the portal, portal. So like they went from an Aztec temple to the ring. Like I don't know. I don't know what the hell is that. Um, there is some like questionable. Uh, ARs that um, WWE has done like uh, over the past months. Um, the uh, the big Roman, big I don't mind the big Roman and the big Lashley, but there's like uh, Bianca Belair is like you know uh, scorpion quotation mark like with the lips and her hair is like so weird, but like yeah so. Um, the ending of this match came from uh, Jimmy. I believe it was Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Uso uh, rolling up uh, Rey Mysterio, and then uh, Jay Uso was helping his brother. Uh, he pretty much uh, holds like his brother in. He kicks his brother in, so Rey doesn't kick out. I think this is very innovative. Uh, lots of creative spots uh, this pay-per-view not only this match um, there was a spot where uh, I believe uh, it was Jay it was Jay Uso who um, uh, took the 619 off uh, of Jimmy just Jimmy was supposed to get the 619 but Jay intercepted uh, he didn't quite get there but it was very effective enough I was effective enough to tell the story um, not much to say here really like um, the right people won even though um, Jimmy Uso got arrested like a couple of weeks before I still think that um, the right people won because um, they were telling the story of the bloodline like it is the best 
story in WWE right now, including NXT. And yeah, it should continue. Like he should really continue. Um, and then we get to the main part of the show. Um, Nikki A.S.H. versus Alexa Bliss versus Naomi versus Asuka versus Natalia versus Tamina, Liv Morgan and Celia Vega for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, the ending of the match came after Nikki A.S.H. creeping up to everybody after fighting on three ladders. Um, yeah, the ending is something else. It's very creative on WWE's part. Um, it's basically like a parody of the match itself, like you know, ladder matches in general. Like, uh, don't like fight at the top. Like you know, don't fight at the top. Don't slowly climb the ladder, and then you know, it's just you know, just yank it off. Like, yeah, that's what they did. It's very parody-like, um, and of course, it didn't it wasn't received well, but. Yeah, I get. I mean, I guess it has not to be received well. Like, they're like established people in the in that ring. Um, Asuka, Naomi, uh, as examples. But like, I I thought the main thing was fine. Um, hopefully they don't do that again because yeah, that's like very like not receive well but this match was this match was okay they were trying to be very creative in this match um Liv Morgan for example Liv Morgan was a part of a lot of those spots where they have to be creative um she tried to climb the ladder like vertically while Tamina was holding it uh she tried to do like uh I think it was um, something like a zigzag, on standing zigzag. It's like it's so weird, but like onto the ladder. But it's, I guess it's fine. There's like a lot of like innovative, innovative spots from Liv here, and she looked like a star. Uh, I think yeah, out of everyone that was on this match, I think like Liv Morgan looked stro- strong. Uh, compared to the other eight people, I think the other eight people really did not live up to the um, expectation of a Money in the Bank match. Um, they were like, then again, like uh, the some of these people are not ladder match specialists. Um, uh, no, notably uh, Natalia and Tamina. Um, Natalia was uh, doing defense pretty much the whole time, and like. Uh, it's okay. It's like it's, it, you could do much more better than that. Um, there were like so many things to talk about that are not positive in this match. There are a lot more po- negative remarks and positive remarks in this match, and um, it all comes down to like the fluidity of the moves. Like um, some moves like are not blending well. It's not botches. It's not botches at all. But like, uh, there were like some moves that like uh, didn't work. Um, an example was a big example of that was that uh, Nikki A A S H spot where uh, she was on the top of a ladder, 
and then all seven people were in the ring. And yeah, um, she uh, hops up a ladder and you know does cross body all over. Uh, at first, it looked it looked fine. Like the, they had a good camera angle where it shows like the it looked fine. But like uh, the replay, like um, she almost like clipped the uh, ring ropes, and there's this um, really scary spot. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of yeah. Sometimes like I. Uh, I typed here that uh, they were watching the regular spots, but it was mostly like Tamina. Like uh, Tamina couldn't um, sell a Hurricanrana proper, properly in this match. It was funny. Um, uh, Alexa, Alexa Bliss was a very intriguing uh, person in this match. Uh, when she revealed her attire, he, she was basically like uh, the most over person in the match. <laughs> yeah, um, it was funny because um, her gimmick has been atrocious, um, to say the least. Uh, it has been very bad since the Fiend um, took a sabbat, took a sabbatical, basically a leave of absence, um, and um, it is it is uh, well deserved. Like you know, the man is grieving. Uh, because of uh, Brody Lee recipes, but like, you know, um, they should they should have really like gotten like Alexa Bliss off this trance, uh, because yeah, this gimmick is not it's not good. It's not good at all. Um, they absolutely buried it on commentary, uh, which props to Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. They're brilliant. In this pay-per-view as they have been for like every show since Pat came like uh, Pat and Michael Cole are like one of the best commentary duos right now um, yeah I love uh, Tony Schiavone and Big Show uh, I, I mean sorry uh, Tony Schiavone and Paul White uh, Dark Elevation they're really good um, but like yeah, you have uh, Luchasaurus, uh, Jim Ross, and Siobhan and Dynamite, and you know sometimes Jim Ross makes a bad call uh, or something like you know he's not like, uh, really good right now. Uh, yeah, he was not good at it, um, right now, um, unlike uh, in his prime or like you know like the attitude era and stuff. But, like, uh, yeah, I like um, Paul White and Shivani, but like uh, Pat McAfee and Michael Cole are like my favorite right now because of Pat McAfee's enthusiasm of the show. And um, uh, Michael Cole was interviewed by Pat um, on the Pat McAfee show last Sunday, no, Monday, past Monday, where like Michael Cole said, uh, Pat revitalized his career, and yeah, that is um, really like true. Uh, that is really true. Uh, yeah, they were great in this match. Uh, Alexa Bliss, like at the start of the match, like you know, she tried to. I guess she tried to yank the briefcase down. You know, just use your powers, like you know, <laughs> just funny. And they absolutely buried it on commentaries, like. 
that was like um that was like uh, um what what do you even call that like what do you even um you know what the what the hell was that it's like michael cole is like you're asking me like <laughs> i absolutely buried that freaking gimmick <laughs> like absolutely buried the gimmick straight off the bat it is funny as hell um yeah overall like uh, this match was okay i think this match really like um shows a lot about um WWE's women's division right now uh in that it's not um well established they have um good to great superstars but it's not as well established as you know something like 2016 um but yeah huh uh yeah i um nick as of the time of this recording nikki ash has already cashed in her money in the bank contract on charlotte um on raw the main event of raw um i'm not favorable with idea but um uh, i guess charlotte is going to be a 16 time transitional champion uh yeah i i joked like you know that she was a 15 time transitional champion and yeah i was kidding i was kidding but she was actually 15 time transitional champion um uh i hope she does well with the belt like but i don't think she's going to last long with the belt uh i really like hope that um they've uh, established uh nikki Nikki's character more rather than you know strapping the belt onto her even though for her creative ideas because this all her idea and um uh, it felt like you know we're rushing to like the end point like the end of like the first book like if it if it was like a series of books uh, we reach like the ending of the first book like just immediately so um yeah Second match of the night was uh for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships um AJ Styles and Omos versus Eric and Ivar of the Viking Raiders. Um this is a really good match. Um it was not like it's a match that should not have like uh business being really good. It should have been like um uh good tag match like you know, to refresh everyone out of that money in the bank contract i money in the bank ladder match but all it did was hype the crowd more and that was like really good um the the crowd was chanting for aj styles for a lot of this um and i was really confused who was the heel at the start of the match because they were cheering for aj styles even though aj styles and omos are a heel tag team and um the viking raiders were trying to isolate aj styles off of homos which is a heel tactic by a baby face tag team um so it was really weird to see who is the heel in this match but yeah this match was really hype up the crowd um there was a really good false finish um uh, where um the viking raiders had the viking experience which uh, you know like oh, they were like um 
they were hitting a lot of their like big tag moves um, and like you know just like great false finishes all around um, yeah they hit the Viking experience and almost just pushed uh, Ivar um, onto the pen to break cover it's like really good um, yeah overall like yeah this this is a good like hype up match um, almost is okay he's still okay in the ring it's not like you know he's still like uh, better than the great Kali I like um, yeah no no disrespect to the great Kali he's the greatest Kali of all time but like you know he's like better than uh, the WWE big man but um, uh, still worse than Braun Strowman like you know someone like Braun Strowman uh, yeah but he's like massive like he's massive he's really like if you um book him right like he could be like one of like uh special attraction that wwe has not exactly on like the main event card but in the mid card where you can put it in a match and like you know the match will be good um yeah the ending of the match comes after almost does that two hand slam uh, the one that Kali does yeah yeah he has like um uh, a move of Kali that is his finisher and yeah uh, AG Styles and almost retain um going in with the uh, the two promos right now on the, uh, in between these matches um uh Roman Roman Reigns is backstage with Jimmy J Uso after winning the tag after uh, they show the uh, finish of the pre-show match, um, it was yeah, just like this, like um, I I need more, I need more of this because like it was really good, um, it was a really good segment. It's like, um, you know, like um, Jimmy and Jay were celebrating, but like Roman is like you know getting the championship is the easy part. <laughs> Getting the championship is the easy part. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, uh, Jay. I went to hell and back, like trying to try to you, uh, trying to get you back to SmackDown. If you and Jimmy and you, it's like <laughs> we know. Yeah, they they didn't even follow up to that. We know. We know what happened. So like, it's just. Like ooh, <laughs> so yeah, like uh, they're still continuing the storyline. Um, they're like you know, um, yeah, like you know, um, Roman is basically, um, you know, now it's my turn, it's your turn to help me, and then Jay's like, yeah, like, you're the tribal chief, and then Jimmy is like, you know, very reluctant, re- very reluctant to say it. But, you know, he kind of just, you know, went with it because, um, you know, it's for his brother as well. Like, you know, he cares about his brother so much. He just went with it. And, like, you know, I need more. I need more of these segments. Um, we're going to talk about Romans a bit more later. But, um, yeah, the other promo is um, uh, Drew McIntyre cutting promo saying he's going to win Money in the Bank in front, in front of the crowd because they're going to cheer. Like, they're... Like he won the Royal Rumble, 
and he got booed. <laughs> it was funny. He got booed, but uh, it's uh, yeah, yeah, it's a standard promo for WWE. It's fine. It's, I don't hate it. I don't like it. So uh, the next match we're going to talk about is um, Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston uh, for the WWE Championship, and uh, this build has been actually very good. Um, uh, Raw has been very good for like um, it has been very good since Hell in a Cell uh, mostly because um, I felt like the matchups look fresh um, yeah this aside from like one Raw where uh, um, Charlotte and Rhea is like you know um who's the injured one who's the heel I, I am the heel or you are the heel it's like really bad segment um uh the build to money in the bank for raw was good it's good um compared to repetitive matches on smackdown but like yeah um this build has been really good um the story of uh story of this feud coming into this match was um, Lashley has been two and four in like the past like six matches you know the past month it has been two and four it's beaten Drew McIntyre and um, Xavier Woods in both Hell in a Cell matches but other than that he has lost every single match and you know he blames you know Kofi says like you know Bobby Lashley is going a little bit soft it's true uh, ever since he won um, at WrestleMania, uh, his character has been like um, very uh, party-like, uh, you know, like the the girls and the women, like you know, champagne, like very very celebratory of you know having the title, um, like like very arrogant heel, but like Lashley, Lashley had like the last. Um, pro uh segment um, for all before the Money in the Bank pay per view, like Lashley's like Kofi's right, uh and like, you know, he wants to go back to um, that Lashley who just wants to hurt people, you know, the Lashley that uh MVP grew to be a WWE champion, and like you know it was really really realistic, it was really really good because like you know this um this match just solidified like this is the Bobby Lashley that we want um yeah this is really good Lashley wins after the hurt lock but uh, there are a lot of times in this match where he just stopped like you know he didn't go for the pin like you know Kofi was gonna tap but you know uh he releases the hold like this is like the new like like this Bobby Lashley that we wanted. Um uh, uh should have been along with the hurt business, um, but you know, hurt business just a tragedy that what they did to them, but um, you know, this getting this Bobby Lashley is enough for me. You know, um uh, you know, um it is gonna be until like, you know, someone takes the belt off of them. You know, possibly uh, money in the bank cash in, uh, possibly Keith Lee once he comes back to the roster again. 
uh, you know, possibly Riddle. Who they are building up in the tag division very well. Um, but yeah, like this Bobby Lashley is the Bobby Lashley that we wanted. It's the Bobby Lashley that uh, definitely deserved the win at WrestleMania. It was a good squash. Uh, you don't usually see a good squash uh, match um, often in the WWE. You know, it's usually like, you know, Brock wins lol or Cena wins lol. Um, but like, you know, this is a good squash match. It really elevated Bobby Lashley as the, you know, the dominant champion that, you know, the WWE wants. Um, for Kofi, uh, you know, it's fine. Uh, I think it's, it's uh, a point in his career where, you know, uh, he can take pins like that. He can take squash matches like this. Um, by the way, um, Kofi had a new Titan Tron. Titan Tron was really good. Uh, it was uh, Mario. Yeah, his new Titan Tron is just full on Mario. It was either Kofi or Xavier. And it was full on Mario. And it was really clean um, using the TV. You know, the big TV screen. That um, they have like you know this is gonna be the uh, Titan Tron come forward, and they really use that to their advantage where you know it is a full Mario world on the Titan Tron, just really cool. Um, but yeah, um, uh, I hope uh, Kofi, uh, I hope New Day comes back, like you know, to the main event scene. I don't. But I don't mind them to be like like in the mid card still like in the lower mid card because uh, that's how flexible their um, stable are. It's like you know the biggest friendship of uh, WWE right now is the New Day, and you know it's really it's it's fine to see Kofi get squashed. You know, just don't do it while you know tr trying to get the title off him. Uh, like you know they did in Brock, with Brock um, just don't do that no. but anyways uh, next match Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's Championship oh man um wow there's a lot to say about this match because this match was really good uh, I wrote in while I was watching this match like you know this match was boring you know and you know if it was without crowd i will probably won't um see this you know see this match again but like they really pumped it up at the second half of this match and turned into a really good match whoa um yeah uh, first things first um uh love the finger flip um you know uh the crowd was chanting we want becky at the start um because this feud has been so bad. This has actually been so bad. Um, yeah, um, the women's division of WWE is a dumpster fire right now. Um, and yeah, this is like the, at the top of that dumpster fire. And like, you know, um, the crowd is, has, you know, uh, has the responsibility to say, you know, 
your division is currently trash right now and you know the most over person in the world is the person who's not even there which is Becky and so yeah um I thought I thought my stream was bugging out and but you know like after the screen went black it's just you know they still have Char Charlotte Flair like you know giving the middle finger to, like the crowds like whoa <laughs> like you know she is pissed like <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah they went from we want becky chance to this is awesome at the end and um it really signifies how good this match was because um this match was really good um i can't like you know, i can't um say this enough uh even though like you know charlotte flair lost the title by cash and uh the next night but like you know um they had like you know the best probably one of the best matches of the night and you know this is a really good night for wrestling uh this was a really good night to uh you know this a really good show but like um yeah so yeah the longer the match went uh, the better the match became uh and like the ending was perfect um so uh, Charlotte uh, is trying everything, you know, she's trying everything. She countered the Riptide into a natural selection. She did a top rope natural natural selection as well for a 2.9999. And she was really getting frustrated. And, you know, um, so what she did, you know, once Rhea Ripley tried to go for that shoulder, tack shoulder tackle at like, the corner, like you know, uh, Charlotte ducked and then you know just bangs like Rhea Ripley's head into the wing post and then uh, grabs her leg like puts it in the middle of that uh, steel steps and the ring and just kicks it like you know over and over and over again because she couldn't put out uh, she couldn't put uh, Rhea away um, you know she got absolutely frustrated she tried doing dirty tactics. And, you know, sometimes, like, uh, if you, the only two options in this one is, you know, Rhea overcomes this or Charlotte just wins. And they pick the latter option with Charlotte winning after the figure eight after the, um, after crushing Rhea's leg on the steel steps. It's like, so good. The ending is so good. Um. Yeah, uh, it doesn't bury me as well. Like, everyone is upset. Uh, I'm pretty irritated as well on who won, like, that Charlotte won. But um, Rhea looked really strong here compared to how she, she has been booked on the main roster. Like, um, she is, like, a formidable, like, talent that they want to put over. And, you know, as long, you know, if you know they change uh if they tweaked her gimmick a little bit a little a little bit like she could be like a really big star just as you know bianca belair has been on smackdown um but yeah um yeah best match of the show uh, i would go with the next match i think the next match was so much fun uh, uh, 
But before that, we have a segment backstage with uh, Riddle, Nakamura, and Recluse. Uh, and this segment was funny. Um, so, uh, Riddle asked um, Rick Boogs to play Randy Orton's team. And this is like a horrible, like, um, the start of it. But like, um, uh, so, like, oh, Rick Boogs is hesitating because um, he's Nakamura's, you know, uh, a music crew. Like, basically, he's the music for Nakamura. He worships King Nakamura. But like you know, a lot. Uh, you know, he basically just says, "Okay, sure." Nakamura's like, "What?" <laughs> Nakamura's like, "What?" Um, this like, <laughs> Nakamura's face in this like whole segment was so priceless. Um, but yeah, they're rocking out um, to Randy Orton's team. Uh, Shinsuke does the Randy Orton pose, and Kevin Owens looking. Looking on, it's like, what the hell is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, um, they have uh, hit gold with Riddle, and you know, like, they've hit gold in what they want to do with Riddle because I was really worried um, when he came to the main roster. Uh, I thought he was going to be a comedy character, but he has been booked so well. Um, he has been booked so well. A John Cena segment on Monday Night Raw. Um, him pa- being paired with Randy Orton, even though Randy Orton is on leave at the moment, is so good. But yeah, he's totally carrying the storyline. Uh, even though Randy Orton is not here, you know he's totally carrying it. But yeah, um, then we go on to the Men's Money in the Bank match. Uh, Riddle, King Nakamura, Kevin Owens, Big E, Seth Rollins, John Morrison, Ricochet, and Drew McIntyre. Good lord, what a lineup. Good lord. Like, you know, these are eight people who can just steal the show, and they definitely did. This um this match was so much fun. Um the match started with um, John Morrison and Seth Rollins rolling out to the outside. Um, you know, talking about who has the better drip. Um, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind the drip rivalry between John Morrison and Seth Rollins. Uh, because, yeah, their matches are really good. Um, as um, stated with um, Ricochet and John Morrison's two matches uh, on, the Thunder, on the Thunderdome where... The first one is a double count out because uh, Ricochet uh, did a crossbody like onto the uh, onto the barricade over the barricade actually to John Morrison to a double count out. It's really convincing. And then the next one was a false count anywhere match that slapped. That is really good. So like Morrison versus Rollins, really good matches. I don't mind. Like I don't mind at all. But. Yeah, um, they eventually like get into an alliance, um, taking out everybody. And but Drew McIntyre takes, I believe it was Drew who takes out everybody and tries to climb. But um, uh, Veer and Shanky, um, Veer and Shanky comes in, and then Jim Jinder Mahal comes in with the chair and you know just batters Drew McIntyre. 
takes him to the back. You know, he's off. He's out of this match. And thank goodness. Um, I really didn't want Drew McIntyre to win this match out of everybody. Uh, Rollins was fine. And then, but anyone out of the other six would be great. But I didn't want Drew McIntyre to win this match. Because I, w- I don't want Drew McIntyre to be shoved in the main event picture always. Um, he had a good run. He could. He had a good year run as a two-time WWE champion, and you know, uh, we need a we need a rest. We need um, a relaxation for a bit. So yeah, um, uh, everyone. Yeah, uh, compared to like the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, where only Liv Morgan uh, really came out a star, everyone shown in this match. Uh, John Morrison was being the parkour master that he was. Uh, Ricochet was doing his same spots uh, with, um, you know, uh, Ricochet being tossed out of the Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, there were a lot of similar spots. Um, Ricochet's first spot in NXT with um, the ladder. And um, he didn't do a shooting star press, but he did the senton this time. But, like, still really good. He still looked really good. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, like, uh, similar Ricochet spots. Uh, they really let, like, Ricochet go off in this match as he should be. The only thing missing was the double moonsault, but, you know, I guess there was not a big enough ladder to do the double moonsault on. Plus, like, the double moonsault was very dangerous. That's why he stopped doing it. But, yeah, like, you know, like, this this was really, I really hate WWE, you know, just being, you know, not getting the ricochet gimmick. Like, you know, they've they've booked him really bad since the main roster call up so um yeah it makes you really mad that you know wwe books ricochet the way he is um kevin owen i know nakamura was great um you know he didn't do that much in the match but um uh he was really good um rollins was really great as always um uh riddle didn't do a lot as well like nakamura did but like all of the spot like all of the spots like uh was significant for uh each person that is doing it uh and they really work the crowd over like uh kevin owens jesus christ like Jesus, Louise, the amount of bumps he took this match was... The amount of scary bumps he took for this match. Uh, on SmackDown, he did um uh, elbow to Shinsuke Nakamura off the ladder through the announce table. Uh, in this match, oh my lord. Um, he took an exploder off Nakamura and then hits, uh, hits his knee on the ladder. Ouch. And then, you know, the spot at the end where... Um, Good lord, like, uh, he took a power bomb from Rollins, you know, through a ladder on the outside, like the ladder that's uh, Rollins and uh, McIntyre, uh, no, not McIntyre, uh, John Morrison set up, like, 
a couple of minutes into the match. And then he hit his head to like where um the he hit his head where you know that ladder was supposed to break. It's like ow good lord, Kevin, are you okay? Please don't die. Holy holy boop I hold this shit chance, you know. Um yeah, the ending yeah, it, again it was like near the end near the ending of the match where Big E hits the big ending, like the um uh, big ending off a ladder and then climbs up to win. It's like, oh my god. Uh he absolutely deserved it. Um they really wanted Big E to like be a main event star. And they really want uh, Big E to get like the ovation he deserves when he won the Intercontinental Championship on last December. And I think um, it shows a lot of possibilities uh, of you know him cashing in uh, the briefcase. Uh, maybe he could cash it in on Bobby Lashley after the squash match. A while, uh, you know, that happened on Kofi or he can cash it with Roman Reigns and then I guess fail yeah of course he's gonna fail when you know he's gonna catch it cash in with Roman but like that's like a further you know be a further match down the line um, yeah if he's gonna cash in with Roman you know just fail and then probably book it at the next pay-per-view one-on-one and that's like really good. That match would be really good. Um, yeah, overall, this match, this is my match of the night. Um, no question. It's very fun. As supposed to be, like, you know, men's money in the bank ladder matches should be. Um, it has really missed the mark for like the last uh, three years. Two years, three years, yeah, three years. Um, twenty eighteen was the one where Braun was the obvious winner. Twenty nineteen was uh, Lesnar showed up and you know just climbed the briefcase. It's really bad, but uh, twenty seventeen was the one where, even though Baron Corbin won, I think it was Baron Corbin won, and then like you know, um, he. But the match was really good, so I didn't mind Corbin winning until you know he cashed it in on Jinder Mahal and you know rolled it up. So like yeah, uh, but yeah, since twenty, I guess since twenty sixteen, like you know the Money in the Bank match, at least for the men's side, hasn't been really good. So uh, to get like a really good Money in the Bank match is so refreshing, actually. <laughs> And so after the match, um, Seth Rollins backstage, uh, saying, uh, he was destined to be champion. Uh, it's uh, Edge sucks because uh, he was put in the ladder match in the first place because Edge, uh, cut the line and stole his number one contender spot. And say says he has a plan B. Um. You know, he has a new plan. So he can be, you know, whoever wins the match uh, 
that is going on in the main event, you would be next in line. And that really puts intrigue in the main event. It really puts intrigue of, you know, what they book next or what's scheduled to book next. So main event time. Uh, Edge versus Roman Reigns for the WWE Universal Championship. Ooh, um, this match. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of criticism, criticism in this match, because um, this was a 33 minute match and it felt long. But personally, personally, I don't mind. Um, just because like we have been getting like you know this cinematic cinematic wrestling matches as you know, wrestle uh, Adam Lombard said. For his um, uh, best matches of 2020, but yeah, cinematic wrestling matches, he uh, is really perfectly uh, perfect and you know mastered that style of you know, uh, you know trash talking mid match um, because you know, you know someone says and and uh, the crowd you know Roman you a bitch like. <laughs> Um, by the way, this crowd like cheered for Roman a little bit. Oh, please, no. Uh, please continue to boo him because uh, that is what WWE wants. WWE wants you to cheer Roman. Bec- but, you know, no, please don't cheer Roman. Just boo Roman because he freaking deserves it. He's the freaking he's the tribal chief, the head of the table. You know, he's the most heel of all heels right now. And he's the best character in wrestling right now. Uh, so yeah, someone in the crowd said, "You Roman, you a bitch!" Like you know, like, just on his face, like straight to the crowd. And then Roman hits a clothes line uh, off Fedge, and then you know shows who the who's the bitch now. Like you know, like yeah, those really good. Like you know, Roman's really good at trash talking. Jesus Christ, so much good trash talk from Roman. Uh, Roman had Edge on a headlock. Uh, in the middle of the ring, and then he's looking at the guy who says, you know, who said that he was a bitch. He's like, I'm the only heavyweight here. Like, you know, like, I can, I can do, I can make him his bitch 365 days a year. Oh my word. Like, you know, I, Paul Heyman was loving it. I was loving it. Like, you know, this is the Roman that we need. This is the Roman that we want. Like, you know, you know, the absolute arrogant trash talking heel Roman. Um I so I don't care about, you know, his matches being slow. Because like um his matches has not been you know, all of his matches has not been slow. Uh Daniel Bryan his uh, his matches with Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens been really fast paced, um, uh, you know, uh and you know it even though it is slow like it has that main event feel like um uh on wrestlemania backlash when he faces our there's like a main event feel a main event type of match um it was good um but like yeah um uh edge was good in the match um yeah it's not like you know it was very telling of uh edge who have to have a slower match pace 
now. I mean, he's like what forty-five, so like he has to have like slower matches, but it's fine. Like you know, yeah, it really tells of edge, but it's fine having you know a match like that. Uh, that double bar double spear onto the barricade spot is really good, but yeah, um, the end was uh, really crazy. Because yeah, uh, Charles Robinson, Charles Robinson just buckled uh, after you know uh, Roman hits a Superman punch onto Edge and then he pushed the referee. You know he just buckled. Like I, I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's fake. But you know it felt like you know uh, medical team was going out. Like you know they were really like um, uh, paying attention to Charles Robinson in the match. The match was still going on, so like you know, Edge takes the cross face spot, you know, like, um, you know the steel chair, like the stabilizer, stabilizer of the steel chair, and then you puts him on Roman's mouth. You know the one that he's been doing for like the past weeks. Usos come out, and then you can see the Mysterios, like you know, at. Uh, behind them so um, they take each other out then seth rollins hit a super kick onto edge like you know poo you know and then um yeah it goes to the end of the match where you know um uh edge get ed gets distracted by seth rollins right into the spear for the truth um yeah uh decent match um it's not it's not as good as like you know um the way they book the card is weird um because you know like lashley copy squash then a very hype match then very then another might uh the hypest match on the show which is that i might money in the bank and then you go to roman edge which is like a main event match for you it's very weirdly structured but like yeah um uh Seth was uh after the match Seth Rollins um attack edge and then looks at Roman he says like you know if it wasn't for me uh edge would be champion and it's true it's true you know I don't you know saying Roman doesn't run this you know there's like there's like really big potential for a heel versus heel matchup in there down the road um it seems like they're booking it after SummerSlam which is good like you know good continue good continuity like, you know we don't usually see that with wwe you know like booking their matches like you know ahead so um edge and um, rollins fought out of the arena then roman was uh roman is gonna cut promo you know roman says you know uh, now you all must acknowledge me and then you know john cena came out so like the loudest pop i've ever heard like i've never seen a pop that loud since hardy's return at wrestlemania 33 and that was an open arena that was an open you know that that arena didn't have the roof this arena had a roof and you can hear everybody screaming such a good pop like you know i've watched it like over and over and over again just to remind myself how 
this is the uh, this is why we watch wrestling because you know anyone can you know this is a really good moment like you know um, like the pop was amazing and you know uh, Michael Cole got complimented because you know of his call because it's not you know it's not oh my like you know something like that um, you know he actually like Uh, freaked out when Cena came back and you know uh, and it really showed like you know this commentary has revitalized Michael Cole you know to keep up with Pat McAfee's energy you know he it has become a challenge for Michael Cole and it has been a really good challenge but yeah um I don't know Which pop was louder, um, Royal Rumble or this one? But I think it's this one. This one is a lot much louder pop than Royal Rumble 2008, which is saying something because that pop was loud and yeah. Overall, like you know, it hypes you up for the next pay per view because that the next pay per view is gonna be stacked. Um, especially on the SmackDown side, we have Roman versus Cena two. And Edge versus Seth Rollins already packed up there. Holy hell, that's a one hell of a, you know, there's one hell of a card already. And then you're gonna have um. It sucks that we don't get Brock Lesnar, so we get like the full package of like you know the really good, you know, really greatly booked SummerSlam. Uh, you know because I want. I want this SummerSlam to be big, and you know the rumored, you know, card going into this Money in the Bank is actually so good. Like you know, um, the way like WWE's uh, direction going into SummerSlam has been, you know, like all the returns come out. You know, the returns of like their huge stars. You know, putting the people, maybe putting the people. That I've been, you know, doing this week by week over. It's like, oh my god! Like you know, everything is coming back. Like, everyone is coming back. It's like that, you know, we got Goldberg instead of Brock Lesnar, but whatever. Good lord, um, yeah, it makes me really excited for SummerSlam. Uh, overall, uh, this is a great pay per view. Uh, if I would rate it out of, uh, um. One to ten, one being the worst, ten being the great, uh, ten being the best. I mean, it is around eight point five. Um, this is like a really good show to you know, really good show to come back to because Money in the Bank has always been a hype match. You know, it's it's basically the reset that WWE always do every year. And it felt like a reset of you know what they're doing. Again, like you know, great pay per view. Uh, although I don't agree with all of the winners, um, you know, Charlotte Flair winning was uh, okay. It was fine. Nikki Ash getting the briefcase was fine, but uh, this was very uh, high packed energy show um 
not only the crowd, not only the wrestlers was, you know, full of energy, but also the commentary full of energy. Um, I keep saying the SmackDown, energy, uh, SmackDown commentary team was great, but the Raw commentary team, uh, commentary team was just as good um, compared to what they have been for like the past weeks. Like, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy Smith, uh, Jimmy Smith have been like, you know, really decent um, as a play-by-play and then Corey Graves and Byron Saxton. Uh, this pay-per-view was tolerable, you know, because of that, because of their energy. Like, you know, they felt the energy of the crowd and had to step up. And yeah, this was a really good pay-per-view, really great pay-per-view to start off. You know, uh, WWE's era with fans after the pandemic. So that's gonna be the end of the show. Um, uh, I won't. Probably, I don't know if I'm gonna put up an episode on Tuesday because uh, Tuesday is actually the day of uh, the finals in summer classes. So um, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to put up the episode on Tuesday, but uh, just you know, keep up on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Day Day Podcast to know if you know the episode is gonna come out but yeah um next episode will be the wrestle grand slam review on the tokyo dome plus a lot of wrestle a lot of wrestling updates that have been uh piling up ever since like you know we did uh ever since last friday it has been piling up with wrestling news uh, mostly, uh, mostly because of AEW, but you know, I just piled up to a really big wrestling update show. Um, so yeah, a Wrestle Grand Slam review and wrestling updates coming in on possibly Tuesday, maybe Friday. But yeah, uh, on Friday we're gonna have a preview of the Five Star Grand Prix of Stardom. Um, which is really new for me. It's actually really excited to see Five Star Grand Prix, plus a couple of NBA draft updates because the NBA draft is gonna be on that same day. And so yeah, um, I'll be seeing you all. This has been the Day Day Podcast, and I'll be seeing you all next week. Peace. <laughs>